Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, founder and CEO of Scouts Agency, a female-focused PR agency that specializes in the medium of podcasting. I also live with bipolar disorder. From being a college dropout to a business owner, I have garnered up the healing tools from living with a mental illness to build my entrepreneurial life. Welcome to my podcast, where I ramble about mental health tips, entrepreneurial strategies, and mindset shifts so that you can live your life of purpose. I am the emotional entrepreneur. And thank you for being here. Let's get into the episode, shall we? It was the first day of my mastermind that I joined with a couple other women who are female entrepreneurs led by my coach, Amy Natalie, who I've been working with for the past year. As I logged into Zoom, I was really excited to connect with women who were also in business, who were leading revenue streams, who were hiring teams, so that I could feel less alone in my entrepreneurial pursuits and less alone in my aspirations, achievements, and dreams. And in that first session, I knew that a very, very special container was being formed. And I knew that not all the women in the mastermind were similar to myself. I knew that with differing opinions and with differing viewpoints, I was going to be able to grow and expand. What I wasn't so prepared for was me getting slapped in the face with the reality of the way I work. And it started me on a path, or I suppose made me more aware of the path that I have been walking down that I have felt up until this week or I should say until this week I started really, really working on it, I have felt a little bit alone in. We started the mastermind and my coach, the facilitator of this container, which has supported me in so many ways as as I've grown and expanded Scouts Agency, as I have increased my revenue and brought on new team members, as I have faced self-doubt and insecurities and anxieties, these women have been there for me over the past few months. And it's interesting that the mastermind started with my coach, the facilitator, saying that she yearns to work to live and not to live to work. This is a very common phrase that you may have heard or may not have heard. It's a way to that sometimes often describes 
the Western mentality versus other parts of the world. We are said in the United States to really want to live to work versus working to live. Many cultures and practices and lifestyles in Europe adopt the work to live mentality. And as she said that, it resonated with some of the women in the mastermind. Yet for me, it was this complete mirror and this almost jolt of who I was to face the reality and eventually walk down a path to accept the fact that I don't want to work to live. In fact, working to live sounds counterintuitive to my inspiration levels. It sounds counterintuitive to my dreams. And it feels really suffocating and depressing to me. Rather, I live to work. And when I say that phrase out loud, it fills me with such joy, such clarity, such peace of mind, such vision. I feel like I'm home. And I expressed that in the moment, but not not the way you just heard me express it. I was almost timid. And you have all heard me talk about my relationship to hustling. And I was timid because I said, "Mm, that doesn't really feel right to me. Working to live isn't my jam, doesn't fit with my soul, doesn't fit with my purpose. Working, living to work, on the other hand, really, really does. And yet I wasn't sure if that was the correct answer. I remember saying, I don't know if this sounds bad. I don't know if this is toxic. Since the narrative really in today's culture is getting away from that live to work mentality and towards that work to live mentality. And so I didn't know if I was the outlier that was prescribing to toxic hustle culture or if I was the outlier that enjoyed my work to a degree of potential un healthy patterns or lifestyle. And so I expressed my doubt in myself in that moment, even though it felt good in my body to say that I live to work. I have very consciously noticed that the last few months, as I have ramped things up with my agency and created some pretty lofty goals for myself, both on the revenue projection side, as well as what's on my to-do list, what I'm creating, courses, new revenue streams, a secret project that's coming out in almost a month. In that trajectory, in that vision grabbing, in that dreaming and the implementation of the dreams, I have had a lot of conversations on Clubhouse, on podcasts, on my Instagram, on this podcast about my relationship to hustle and how I feel about it. I have also felt that in conversations with others about the toxicity of hustle culture, that there's almost this, I don't know how else to explain it, other than an extreme block of listening to the others experiencing and not knowing how to relate to it. I think if you listen to OKSIS podcast, you know my sister and I have very differing opinions on work culture, hustle culture, living to work versus working to live. And in that, I've often felt it difficult to explain what I mean. I've often felt it is difficult to justify my behavior. I have felt that my behavior is wrong in a world that is telling me that 
I need to slow down or that I don't, you know, that I shouldn't enter burnout, which believe me, I don't want to and I do everything I can to not. I have felt as if I am taking a position in the world that is counterintuitive to the way the work culture is heading. And in that, in order to keep my way of being safe, I have judged others that do not adopt the same work mentality as I do. And in doing that, I have separated myself from the collective and only identified with a very specific group of people. That has kept my egoic, or I should say, that has kept that that is my ego keeping me safe. It is keeping my habits, the way I love to do life, the way my inspiration works, the ways in many ways I am biologically wired. I am an Enneagram 3, safe from those who disapprove or don't understand my way of working. And in separating myself, I have further shamed that part of me instead of unapologetically owning it. It started in that mastermind, in that first session of our mastermind, where I realized that I have a different way of doing things when it comes to work. And in that, in that different way of doing things, I have hid it and I have kept it in a box and in a container and I have suppressed it from the outside world in fear of being too much, too intense, too ambitious, too work focused. I have had people in clubhouses telling me that if I can't meet with my grandma for two weeks because my schedule is so packed, I should really rethink my schedule and the pace at which I'm living in which I said, I think my grandma's really proud of me and would rather me work really hard for two weeks than have the ability to see her at a drop of a hat. And so in opening up myself to these conversations about hustling and living to work versus working to live, I have found that I have approached them with almost this defensiveness, almost this need to defend myself to find peace with the way that I am. I listened to the Add My Let podcast with Tim Grover. It was an episode about winning because Tim Grover is the sports coach for incredible athletes such as Michael Jordan and the late Kobe Bryant. And he talks about what he calls cleaners, what he calls people who have to win. It's this relentlessness that these individuals have to either A, be the best, or to continuously improve no matter what, to continuously be going at it, to never quit, to never back down, to have a vision that is so sweet, so alluring, so gorgeous, as Tim Grover says, that you'll do anything to reach it. And he admits that this sounds like an addiction and that in many ways it is unhealthy. There are shadow sides to this relentless need to achieve There are dark demons that visit you when you're lonely at the top, when nobody understands why you don't want to go to the birthday party of your friend, but because you want to finish the project that you're working on or that you want to get a good night's sleep because you have an important meeting and therefore have to skip out on family dinner. When I listened to that episode with Tim Grover and Ed Milet, I recognized something in myself that I will not stop. Not just until I get what I want, but until I take my last breath. I will not stop because I love creating. I will not stop because my work is my purpose. It is my passion. It is what lights me up. It is what makes me, me. 
My work is what gives me the moments to express myself on an extreme, aligned, full expression way. And when I mask the fact that I'm an Enneagram 3, which is the producer, the achiever, the success-oriented person, when I know that I never want to retire, when I think about the fact that I have so much creative energy within that I just need to generate, I'm also a generator with my human design, Enneagram 3, it really, really all makes sense. But when I listened to Tim Grover talk on End My Let's Podcast, I sighed a very deep breath. I felt really seen. I didn't feel as if I needed to shy away from being too intense at work, too ambitious, never stopping, never off the clock. And as you know, everyone, I take care of myself to the nth degree. My mental health is the most important thing to me. Living with a mental illness will do that to you, will make you prioritize your mental health. But in many ways, I take care of my mental health so I can live out my purpose, which is my work. A lot of the times people talk about a career. And I posted on my Instagram last night and I said, podcasting gave me my career. And yet that word choice was not exactly aligned. People talk a lot about their career. They talk a lot about the trajectory of the career, their vision for their career, what they want for their career. I actually don't really identify with the word career. I never think about my career. Building Scouts Agency and OKSIS podcast and all that comes along with it and the next phase of what I do for work is not my career. It's my purpose. I don't really see such a distinct distinguish between personal and business. The only distinguish I see is between creating and resting. And I take both very seriously because I know that they come with each other, that one cannot live at the expense of the other. And so this is me taking away the shame that having balance is not entirely my focus. That social time with my friends and family is not my priority right now that I am choosing to build my life in the exact way that I want to. And that means, quote unquote, excelling in my career. And I've examined it every which way. Is it this need to stay busy? Am I escaping my mental illness, depressive thoughts, anxiety, trauma, negative thought patterns through work? Am I avoiding a part of myself? That's what others have made me think I should believe. But as I've done really the deeper work as to why entrepreneurship, why my podcast, why my agency carries, my, carries me through with such a vigor, with such a passion, with such a force, why it's hard for me to turn it off, why I will cry every day out of overwhelm but continue because My final destination, which will change over and over and over again and will expand over and over and over again, is my main priority. It's not toxic. It's not unhealthy. It's not me running away from life. It's me living 
my fullest expression. This is who I am. It never shuts off. I'm always going. And I'm always stoked about it. Well, I should say sometimes I get quite overwhelmed. But even in the overwhelm, I'm able to hang on to the foundation that what I am doing here is what I am meant to be doing here on earth. I did not sign a contract to be here and be alive to experience ease and relaxing moments all the time and complete joy and excitement and happiness. My soul made a contract on earth to be here to experience as many things as possible, to go towards the edge of my comfort zone, to go past discomfort into moments of growth and expansion, to see what else is possible, to experience every human emotion and experience I can get my hands on. And so in my Enneagram 3, in my projector human design, in as Tim Grover calls it, the essence of me as a cleaner, I have decided to not fight this. I have decided to not hide it and to not make it wrong. I love to hustle. I love to work. I don't know who I would be without it. I know that I have a soul that is, that exists beyond identities and labels and physical constructs of this world. And that my soul incarnated as a human body here on this earth is meant to generate, is meant to create. And the entire point of this is that last week as I was in a mastermind session, I cried and showed the shadow side of all this, the shame that I was feeling and how my ego put up walls to make me feel as if I was better than others because of the way I am, because I wasn't willing to just look at myself and accept that this is who I am. I was met with such grace and love. And I realized the point of all of this is not to be what others want you to be. It is not to live your life at the prescription of a societal implication or ideology. It is not to fit in. It is not to do the thing that others say is healthy or what you should aspire to. The point of all of this is to learn and become in tune with how you internally work. What internally lights you up? What fuels you? What brings you passion and clarity and vision and purpose and excitement and joy amongst all the uncomfortable emotions that you will experience along the way? If you subscribe to my Sunday newsletter, you know I talked about the shit sandwich. Life isn't about doing things the way others want you to. Life is about finding the thing that you are willing to eat the shit sandwich for. And so this is what I've preached at the core of my message here on Scout Podcast, which is that you get to find the exact thing that works for you. And once you find it, run it, hold on to it, keep it precious, keep it close to your heart. Nobody gets a say in who you are, how you operate, and why you want to operate the way you do. As long as you've gone within and you know that the choices you make in life are towards your highest alignment, not towards the things that are going to feel momentarily great, but towards the things that you know will grow you forward. 
I would love to continue this conversation with you. You know where to find me on Instagram. And these are the types of conversations that I'm having on my newsletter. I will leave the link in my show notes to sign up. And I hope that you leave this episode today really thinking about what area in your life are you trying to fit into because somebody else told you that that was the ideal or healthy way? What part of you can you own today that maybe you were a little bit ashamed about? It is in those answers that your true essence lies. I hope you have a beautiful morning, a beautiful afternoon, a beautiful evening, a beautiful night, whenever you are listening to this podcast, in whatever state it found you. I, as always, am so honored you are here, and I will catch you next time.